Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, thank you so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or water or coffee or tea, whatever you like in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Do you have any sort of a beverage over there? Oh, nice. It's brisk, baby. So, for everyone out there on the internet that does not know my guest that I am sitting here with today, I'm sitting here with the one and only Demo Demon. Make some noise for the internet. Internet's happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. What's I'm up, my friend? Here. How you uh, doing today, dude? Doing good. Just uh, chilling out. This is pretty much like my highlight of the day today. I I woke up at 3.30 in the morning last night, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to dick around on YouTube and read up my dining room until 1 p.m. Nice, nice. So, Demo Demon, you are a musical artist. I'm going to pull up your band camp here just to show the wide variety of releases that you have here. There's a whole lot of stuff here on your band camp page, a whole lot of material. So let's get to the beginning of the beginning here. When did you start deciding to, you know, pick up a microphone and make music into it? I think it was about 2009, but I didn't start recording till about, I think, 2011 Yeah. So up until that point, it was just like writing and just messing around with it. But I didn't actually like release anything till about, I think, 2011. I gotcha. So prior to doing music and everything, did you have any other creative outlets or anything else that you were doing artistically that got you into deciding to do the music shit? Uh, I've messed around with video editing. I've been video editing longer than I've been doing music. Cool. Were you doing any like music video editing? No, I was just doing a uh, game stuff for YouTube and dicking around on RuneScape, making dumb RuneScape videos and dumb dub videos over Naruto. And <laughs> I understand. So, what was the thing then that you know, if anything, if there even is an answer for this, that made you consider like, okay. I'm going to do music next. I'm already doing all this other stuff. Let's add something else to the plate. I'm not doing enough, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, I I just got really salty one day and just made a, I just made a mean song. Oh, did you? Yeah. It was really trash. It was really garbage. But uh, I made it over at my buddy Eric's house and we were just like, oh, man, that's so cool. So we after that, we just started messing around with uh, just music stuff. Like he's not really like a music type of person, but he was like encouraging me to do it. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you should do another like song or whatever. So then we made like a few like goofy songs. And I just started slowly getting into recording stuff off uh, Audacity. And it, it sounded really poor. <laughs> It was off a rock band microphone. Nice, nice. You know, you're not the first person that I've talked to that has mentioned recording their first tracks using like a rock band or a guitar hero equipment. And then like 
I think that that's fucking awesome whenever people have the creative means to be like, well, I want to do something. I don't have everything that I should have, but I have enough to make something happen and fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. How many copies of rock bands sold where everyone had a USB plug and go microphone? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, getting into music through that way, already doing gaming, making videos, realizing that you have this USB microphone, recording some songs, eventually you get into a point where you decide you want to take this a little bit more seriously and start uh like you know pursuing this reasonably well because again go into the bandcamp page it's not like this is something that you were like oh i'm gonna make a few songs and then i'm done there's a <laughs> lot of fucking material on your bandcamp page so and like a lot more hidden um. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what had like how you know over the past you know she said 2009 2011 so it's been about a decade now so like over the past 10ish years of getting into music writing recording releasing you know how much of a part has music become in your life versus everything that you were doing prior to music oh geez music came and just absolutely dominated it's pretty much like everything i do now i either wake up and dabble in some gaming or i wake up and sit here and just think of like the next project because i put out at least like one project a year and have for the past like six seven years and oh boy it's like it's all i do all the time i (laughs) brutal business now is like my life i manage the website i do artwork mix master write sing record I'm like Pat's right hand man. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, this is a really cool, interesting topic to get into in terms of the community of underground music, because my assumptions just based off of how you got into this was that you maybe when you started, you didn't really have a lot of connections in the local music scene. Am I? Absolutely none. (laughs) Okay. Okay, cool. So, you know, getting into writing and releasing music what was it like when you first started meeting people locally or even just on the internet that were into the same shit as you and like making those connections it, it was fun um uh, pretty much everybody that i started meeting was all through online stuff i absolutely talked to none of them anymore <laughs> it was it was a plague <laughs> i won't name names because fuck their credibility um <laughs> Uh, but no, I literally it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun working with a, a bunch of people, but I didn't like meet anybody or get any physical contacts until I think t- near the end of 2013 when I did a show at the Rex Theater that was called Wicked Wonderland 2. And I have, I have the ticket. It's like right there. This is my very first live show I performed. Cool. And that was ran by these guys called Sith Entertainment or something sick in the head. And it's like, whatever. And that's where I met Sean Schimmel from Prime 8. And he fucking loved my set and started booking me on a bunch of shows after I met him that day. And one of the shows he booked me on was with Skippy Ickham. So Skippy and I started working together and 
it was literally 2014, not even long after me and Skippy's first collab uh, on chapter one that he uh, he's like, hey, you want to join Brutal Business? And I'm like, yes, I do, because I need something to do, because at that point, everyone that I had ever worked with prior to that live show had a just abandoned me. I was just by myself. And I'm just like, ah, cool. So I've been with Brutal Business for the past six years now. Cool. So the people that you were talking about, that's like the online community that you were connected with prior to meeting people locally? Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, you know, meeting people online, you know, not that we need to get into the people that you were working with or anything like that, (laughs) but just in general, you know, I think that for many musicians that are starting out or even people that have been doing music for a long time, it could be complicated to actually get your music online and to meet strangers because there's so many people that are releasing music and there are so many people that are just trying to be heard, whether they deserve to be or not. So, you know, what was it like for you being somebody that had no connections to anybody at all, just releasing music and just trying to talk to strangers about it? Was there anything in particular that you found worked for you or that you found didn't work? Um, I pretty much just posted stuff like this is like early, like end end my space era, early Facebook days still. So this is like it was a little easier then. Yeah. So I, I would literally just post stuff and then like on YouTube and I didn't I don't really use SoundCloud and I still kind of don't I dabble in it. But I, I just like posted stuff online randomly on random websites and uh, it was it was pretty easy to talk about people because everyone that I ever talked about it with approached me because I would just throw stuff on the Internet and then I would get random friend requests and messages on Facebook. And like, hey, I like that song. I found you on this. We should do something. And yeah, I never turn anybody down. I'm like, OK, because no matter who I work with, to me, it's just like free promotion. If I just do a song with somebody, even if they're like nobody at all and like have two fans i'm like but those two fans will hear me (laughs) sure sure that's a great mindset to have now it was easy so then you know how have you seen the internet change then in the past 10 years because it's uh, it's definitely uh, a much different thing it's kind of funny because like you know, even though we're in the future, it feels so much more like the Wild West in terms of just trying to get anything out on the internet right now. The grind is way harder now than it was then because everywhere you post now wants you to pay to get everyone that followed you to see you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, oh my God. Like, um, I get told I don't I don't share enough of my Facebook page or whatever on Facebook. And it's just like, yeah, but if I post on there, I'm literally going to get two people liking because out of the 2000 plus people on there that like it, like 10 people are going to see it. Sure. It's like unless I pay Facebook like 10 bucks. Yeah. And And then when you pay Facebook 10 bucks, you get a bunch of bots liking your stuff. And then everyone goes to who likes this page and goes, well, here's a rap Jones and here's Shamada Kadasidi. And I was like, okay. And they're going to be like, you paid for likes. I'm like, I'm not paying for likes. You just, 
So I refuse to pay for promotion for people to already like it to see it because I'm just like, if I do, I'm just going to get a bunch of like fake accounts on there and then people are going to be like, you're a fraud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, you know, I am in the same boat as you, my friend. I have been really struggling trying to figure out what works and what doesn't because every time it seems as though I've figured out the system, it changes it's because it's all based on just the way I guess the people on the internet are interacting with the internet and there's millions of people and all those people interact in their own unique ways. So I just kind of threw in the towel and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do the best that I can try to put out consistent, interesting things and people will either see it or they won't. I have no fucking control over what social media, uh, you know, the, the overlords, how they want to, you know, sprinkle my shit out there. And it's yeah. like, it's so wild too, because there'll be times where like, you know, uh, I play in a metal band called Grey Walker and we literally one day just changed our profile picture to a Grey Walker, like, like an old man Walker. Just, that was it. We just changed it. And it had like over 200 likes, no promotion, no anything. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, we can post, you know, show flyers or music videos or, th- you know, all this other stuff and it gets ignored. But for some reason, that was able to cut through the algorithm. And I was like, why? That's like, really weird. I've been perplexed about it for like the past year since it happened. I cannot figure out how that worked. And it like made me feel like, you know, maybe there's more to this and more to, uh, figuring out Facebook than we're realizing, but I'm not smart enough to know how to crack the code <laughs> by any People means. People tell me that it's post three times a day, and I'm just like, I'm not interesting enough to post three times a day. Nobody like, is. Like, you just want me <laughs> to post memes, and then people are going to think I'm a meme page? Like, Yeah. So this is another interesting uh, point of conversation to get into with you because I know that outside of the music you still do other things you wear a lot of hats and you know you're somebody that is like has like you know kind of like a few different sorts of presence on the internet I mean all under this demo demon moniker but I mean like you still do gaming stuff and things right yeah okay I play games on YouTube and yeah do little videos and stuff so you know I'm curious you know do you ever feel as though um, you almost need to like find these alternate ways to kind of like not trick people into finding out about your music, but like, like kind of sneak it in like, Oh, like I could do these video game things, but my music will be playing in the background. Fuck it. And somebody asks about it. I could be like, that's me or other things like that. Like what are some like alternative ways you found to kind of try to game the system on the internet? Um, I do I do tech videos too for YouTube and part of that is like I I gained a lot of subscribers recently from doing those tech videos. So I've started just like uploading all of my music to YouTube slowly on my page and I'm just like, yeah, if, you know, people are subscribed will just be like, hey, there's that tech dude. What's this? And just hopefully click on it. That's just that um I did have one person who made a video where they they played Life is Strange, this game, and but they did like a parody video on it where they voice the characters. And at one point, the character puts in headphones and they're walking through a high school. And as they put on the headphones, they messaged me on Discord and they're like, 
hey, you care if I use your music for the music they're listening to in the video? I was like, go for it. <laughs> the headphones and it's just me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> super, super cool. So, you know, another thing that has changed over the past 10 years, you know, since you got into doing music is just music itself. You know, what like styles of music have changed. Do yourself do you, you yourself like reflecting back on like your beginnings? Do you feel like you've changed a lot as a musician or do you feel like you're still kind of just like trying to do the same thing but better like when you started? I'm still doing the same thing but better, but I'm also just more recently like branching into after 10 years trying to do softer things i suppose softer huh more more singing okay less ah (laughs) (laughs) and you know what is the the reasoning behind that is it like a um looking for more of a an accessibility in the audience or is it like a a challenge for you to maybe just learn how to do more vocally and broaden your you know abilities or is it a thing where it's like um, you're getting older and maybe you're just not as angry as you were 10 years ago? <laughs> or is it a mixture of all of it? It is a mixture of all of this. <laughs> I was literally going to say when you started that, I was like, it's pretty much I, I can't be like, I'm almost 30 now. I was sure. Like, I can't. I started this when I was like 17, I think. And I was like, I'm not in my angsty 20s anymore where I'm just like, you know, dating girls every other week and getting all pissed off at them for being like, why don't you love me? <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, I, I, I make mean songs and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I relate, you know, as somebody that is um, still in, in bands playing in metal bands and shit like that. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a weird self-realization when like you have that moment and you're like, what, what am I yelling about still? or like you know i I just turned 35 and like you know granted we haven't played a show in about a year because of you know the the pandemic but um (laughs) back when we were playing shows you know there is kind of like these weird moments every once in a while where you're like everybody in this room is like 12 years younger than us not that like i have like a beef with young kids and i like playing music for whoever of course but it can be strange sometimes. It's real easy, I think, as you get older to start to feel disconnected, especially when like the music that you love is like like unavoidably adolescent. I'm still listening <laughs> to shit from like ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, same, same dude. It's like all the stuff that I grew up with and the stuff that I love is like, you know, this is not music for thirty somethings. But now we're all getting to that point. So now it kind of is, and it's like it's it's interesting, you know. It's like a the first time like our generation and being like, oh, like you know, I'm gonna be you know, fifty years old and still listening to corn. Like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah. But there's probably fifty year old people now that listen to corn because corn's been around plenty long enough. I had uh, found this YouTube channel recently. They're called Two Rocking Grannies. Oh and they're wow! Literally two seventy year old women who listen to metal for the first time and like discover new bands and they just react to metal. And they're just like, one of them said, I've been alive for, I think she said 72 years and I'm glad I lived this long to discover metal. (laughs) 
That is awesome. That sounds really wholesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing that's been fun about, you know, the evolution of the internet in the past decade. It's really easy to harp on the negative things and how it's harder to get our music out and blah, boo-hoo, woe is me. But stuff like that, I think, is fun. And I think that if you're able to find those interesting alternative outlets, you can still get your music out there. You know, you can get two 70-year-old ladies to maybe listen to your song and react to it or something like that, you know? And I think that for underground musicians, maybe not focusing so much on the negative and focusing on those interesting ways is how we should be trying to move forward. Because it's real easy to get caught up in like the impossibility of all of this. You know, are you somebody that struggles with that? Because like you seem to be a person who is like really like tuned into trying to promote and understanding how the internet works. Not every musician is in that position. A lot of people just don't pay attention at all, but you seem like you do. So like, how do you deal with the struggles of that? Uh, I, I try my best to adapt. I don't understand the algorithms of half these websites at the, at this point, it just seems like you just do hashtag and then spam a bunch of hashtags. So like you go <laughs> sure. to Instagram, you're like hashtag music, hashtag artist, hashtag hip hop, hashtag pop, hashtag this. And, you, and it just puts you in all those different feeds and then you get like seven likes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's is that what we have to do now? I feel like it's all come down from people just being interested in finding you more naturally to spam, 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 do like five times a day with 80 hashtags. And now you have to do like so much more work. And like in order to like trick the algorithm, like YouTube, it, it's algorithm is terrible. Uh, Facebook, the algorithm is terrible. It's just like go to Twitter, go to Instagram, put hashtag this. And it's sad because I use Facebook more than either of those. And that's the one that I have the most difficult with. And I'm just like, I should just use the other ones, but I don't. And I'm like, ah, that's that's my thing. I'm poor at adapting to the new social websites. Yeah. Have you even considered TikTok? I I did. I had it on my phone and then they were like, the Chinese government's spying on you. And then I deleted it. I have like two things on TikTok, like doing my own songs, like on camera. And I then I deleted it. But I'm like, I'll probably go back because I got to adapt to the trends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in I'm in the same boat. I think that maybe you're dealing with the same issue that I am in terms of like, you know, we remember myspace and you know we got onto facebook early and we've had these accounts you know with facebook for like the past 10 years probably so we've invested a lot of time in building friends and making connections on there and now you know it's like fuck you know what the fuck do i do with all that i don't like have another t- i don't want to put 10 years into tiktok trying to like yeah. build up some sort of a fan base but it's also really really ignorant i think as an artist to just ignore the power of these social media apps i think it's just a matter of finding a way to use them organically so like you seem like a unique user and people actually want to follow you on them yeah i just i can't i feel like i with how much i do i don't want to take time out of my day 
to log into five social media accounts oh, and post on every single yeah. it's just tiring mentally to me like thinking about it i'm like oh my god yeah dude you fucking telling me about it man like i um i tend to i i'm in like multiple different projects um i well i play in three bands I have this podcast and I have like, you know, my life personal stuff. So like I have social media accounts for fucking everything and I'm band dad for all the projects. So like I manage like, you know, like a couple dozen social media accounts probably. And I have to like, you know, I basically made like a a Google sheets, like spreadsheet with all the accounts. And then I like kind of like highlighted like what days I post on what, and I just check it every day. So I just have it. So like I do these, these days and it's just the way for me to make sure that everything's getting, nothing's getting neglected. It's really overkill, but it works, I guess for me. I need a, uh, <laughs> I need like a, an Amazon Alexa thing. I have one in the kitchen. I tried avoiding saying its name. So it wouldn't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> I need one of those to like, give me like voice reminders. Just be like, Hey, go do this at this time because oh yeah a reminder and i'm just like that's what i need but i need it on my computer and my computer doesn't do all those voice reminders and i'm like uh oh, do i really have to set up an echo in this room yeah to, like five times a day it just yell at me and i'm like uh. <laughs> i set up my uh my my google calendar on my phone so i have like my to-do list in my google calendar and I made the widget big as fuck on the screen. You probably can't see it, but whenever I open up my phone, there's no none of the apps are there. It's just the the, the to do list. And if I want to go to the apps, I actually have to swipe over. So I don't know. That's what that's something that I would suggest because it's definitely helped for me. Like that's like really like I should do that. Well, it's like anytime I open up my phone because like you know we're all fucking addicted to this bullshit. Anytime I open it up, the first thing I see is my to-do list. So it's not like, oh, let me go to Instagram or Facebook and fuck off. I'm like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that thing or I was supposed to email that person or do this. So it keeps me on track. I don't yeah. know if I would recommend my my psychotic behaviors to anyone else, but it is what I'm doing. So it, it could help you if you want to take take it roll with it. But yeah, I'm I I don't know how like mentally healthy i am how do you feel i uh (laughs) well for the just over the past two maybe three weeks now i've been on these okay my first first medication in 10 years so i'm feeling pretty good recently (laughs) oh wow okay so now in terms of your work ethic you mentioned that you know you're always working on music and you're always you know, keeping yourself pretty busy, you know, in terms of the peers that you have in your community, um, you know, do you feel that like the environment that you're in and the people that you've met and the people that you work with, like through brutal business or anything like that, do you find them to be like inspiring and help keep you productive because you're surrounded by like a pretty nice handful of productive motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> This is the most productive group I have ever worked with because anyone I had worked with previously to Brutal Business has been like just like winging it. And I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. So that's like I I grew up on was just kind of like just putting stuff out there, being consistent and like everyone kind of just did their own thing. But when it came to like group projects and like 
I feel like it's a good ratio is like 90% of the time, if anybody wants to do a group project, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you want to do a cipher? Yeah, I'm down. Nobody does it. Sure. You want to do this band? Yeah, nobody does it. You, you It's like a group project 90% of the time is destined to fail. <laughs> so, but Brutal Business is just like, holy shit, these people are like every other month. It's just like, hey, my album's coming out. I'm like, what? I was like, it's that time already? And I'm like, I don't even know. I guess let me go update the website and make like 20 promo images and if I don't pout big, you get on those yet? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I have to. With your work, you know, you mentioned earlier that you were doing video editing before music. You mentioned you're doing graphic design and promo and all of these things. You know, was this did this all kind of come from a fact of like not knowing people at the time, but wanting to do all this shit. So just teaching yourself how to do all of these things to make something happen. Yeah, pretty much. Like I was like, uh, I was like, uh, I ain't selling no CDs. You, you expect me to make money to pay for artwork. I'll go make my own artwork. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like any experience with like doing art or digital work prior to music? So you mentioned video, but that that's kind of a different thing um artwork not entirely no i i messed with like paint when i started for like few months and then i just moved to gimp and never went back because i'm not paying monthly for photoshop okay you seem you seem to be someone that's very stubborn with money yeah unless it it feeds my gaming addiction and i'm just like let me spend it all Uh uh-huh you know you know what's funny uh i i i I don't know like your entire uh catalog of music off by heart so maybe you already wrote a song like this but you know how there are a lot of rappers that will uh write songs about being very frivolous with money you should do the opposite and just write a song about being stingy and not paying for promo just call it Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there's there's so many uh so many samples you could pull from if you wanted to do that. That's actually an interesting question. So, in terms of like your music production and your beats and things like that, I actually don't know like how much, if at all, if you handle any of the production stuff, recording. Like, what is producing the tracks for Demo Demon like? Um, go on Beat Stars. Because the my only skill is I can't produce like a beat. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. So go on Beat Stars, get a couple free beats, uh, write to those, pay for the licensing when I'm done writing for them, so I can get the full ones. Swap the free one with the untagged version, and it's I I kind of went from writing a full song before recording to since I like I built my own studio at home. Like I have the booth right in there in the storage room and I've mixing speakers in front of me. We just got done doing a charity stream here. So I would just like moved everything from the living room to back in here. And I was set up in my storage uh, place for a bit. But I've uh, adapted to writing and then I would record and then I would mix as good as I could and then do poor ass mastering to 10 years later where I'm now I write and record at the same time and mixing has become way easier because I um, 
I just have everything hotkeyed now for like me. So I just press one, two, three, four, five, six on my keyboard and it, and it goes through all the like filters that I have custom set for my voice. And it just like stretches the low vocals and flattens the high vocals. And I'm like, boom, solid thing. I'm mixed. <laughs> and I have like six different mastering settings that I custom made. So it's, I've become like an automated machine. Yeah. I think that, you know, the other thing too, once it gets a lot easier as you know more and also just having a good fucking mic, like I'm assuming you record on the 7B you're talking to me now <laughs> through, right? So, I record music on the uh, Audio Technica AT4040. Okay. So, I mean, you get a good mic and you know how to do the settings. It's pretty much like, whoop, just fly through the shit. Yeah. So now in terms of things outside of music and things outside of gaming and things outside of tech and things outside of art and things outside of brutal business, things outside of all of this. He's trying to put me in an uncomfortable spot. Now. Who, who is Demo Demon without any of that? What do you do in your free time if you allow yourself any oh god i like to call it organized free time because my organized (laughs) free time is my work (laughs) i like that um oh geez what do i do if i'm not gaming or making music or editing or working at all uh horror movies okay (laughs) shutter yeah like i sit with my wife and i'm just like okay let's go watch joe bob's last drive and fuck yeah dude the 80th time because i can't get enough of him hell yeah that rules so a family man i see how is you know the people in your life that aren't connected to the music shit how do they react to you being so heavily involved in all this stuff um my closer family is supportive um I don't hear too, too much from the family outside of that about it. And I, I just go, hey, why don't you guys come to my shows? And they're just like, hey, why don't you call us? And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, shit. Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm epileptic and can't drive, so I can't visit you. And grandma gave me the wrong number, so I can't call you. So fuck off. <laughs> Got it but uh everyone's pretty for the most part pretty supportive what was it like started out it was like my dad's just like what are you doing with your life and i'm just like oh i'm trying and now he comes to like every one of my shows (laughs) yeah that's cool i think that you know it's it's always that interesting conversation especially uh for people that are getting into like the more like rap world of things you know like telling your family that like hey i'm making rap music Everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, Insert nobody's ever like, of Nell House from Simpsons going, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's ever like, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So that's cool that you, you seem to have had that support from the family. And it's also cool that you have found, you know, a supportive group of people locally. And, you know, now, over the past year it's been really hard for pretty much anyone to do anything so void out this past year <laughs> but prior to 2020 you know I like think what I've been busiest this past year than i've been any other year actually i've been i've been hearing that a lot but um 
and I have been too, to be completely honest, but still without, you know, playing shows, at least for my particular projects, it's been harder to like really, really grow without being able to actually meet people and play shows and like show them what we're capable of doing. It's, you know, there's not a live stream in the world that we could possibly do. That's going to give people, you know, the full effect. And I'm just Mm -hmm. curious about like, you know, with you over, you know, the past time and getting into playing more shows and being a part of the community and being in the community, you know, how has playing shows been for you? And do you find it to be, a necessity for your music or do you find like still working strictly on the internet is more of a benefit because a lot of people in the rap community seem to thrive pretty well without playing the amount of shows that like a rock band would just because it's a different demographic i absolutely if i can get a show i will take it straight up like i i i i guess i'm the opposite to the rap community then because like I will do shows and since in the style of music, I do this like underground hip hop thing where I don't just fit in with uh, rap artists. I could do a metal show and people still dig it because like the style where I'm just like, fuck everybody. And they're just like, yeah, <laughs> so I fit into like both crowds. I love metal music. I can perform at metal shows. I performed at a bunch of metal shows and it's just like I get a way better. Re- I've not had a single bad reaction at a show. It's since my very first show, it has been nothing but positive. And I'm just like, okay, I like I like this way better than just posting a song on SoundCloud and tagging 78 people on Facebook. Yeah, and being like, go share my song. I think that there's an interesting thing with some of the rap community and uh, where there are a lot of people and I've played shows with these motherfuckers. So I know, I know for a fact, that's what this is, what this is. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of people in the rap community that I feel only play shows to like, it's basically a photo shoot for them. Like, it's not really yeah. like, Oh, we're playing a show. It's like they show up with their people, take their photos while they're playing, basically half ass their set. Like it's, and then do- leave. yeah, exactly. It's dog shit. And it's like, then there's a lot of people. It's like, well, there's no community in this. And you know, it's, you know, I don't like doing these shows. And it's like, yeah, because you know, nobody that's performing actually wants to be there. And like, it's just like, you're not actually building anything. It's a really strange thing. And that only exists from my experience in the rap community. Not every rap show is like, like that but there are no rock bands that are like that that i've right. been around and there are no it's it's a different thing it's weird i mean obviously because i guess it's a lot harder you know it's not like with rock bands you just show up with whatever you're you know you show up with your beats on a disc or a laptop and just <laughs> go up on stage you actually have like a bunch of shit to carry 15 minutes of prep work to like <laughs> set up all the instruments and uh-huh. make sure you got all your like guitar like filters and all that like hooked up and amps and Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's just like like I, I like to call myself an artist. I don't like telling people I'm a rapper because I feel like it's degrading. <laughs> sure. Uh, it was just like, yeah, I, I just I sing rap. I dabble in screaming. I'm not good at it. And it's like I do like 80,000 things. And I'm sitting here like if I go to a show, I stay until the last person, if possible. Like if my ride's like we have to go, I'm like, well, I have to go. But if my bride's okay with it, I'm just like, 
well, you know, I'm going to stay here till like there's like two people left in here if one person's still performing because I want to make sure I hear what everybody has. And I've had so many shows where people like uh, just come in with their group of people. They have like five people with them. They do their set in like they're like the third people up out of like eight. And then after their set, they just take off with their group of five people and they're like, yeah, we killed it. I'm just like, you were the third guy up and you didn't even stay for the rest of the show to like check out everybody else. Like, yeah, you were there for a photo shoot, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, but it's it's unavoidable. I think that, you know, a big part of why it is important to stay at shows is for that market research in a way where you see those people and you see how they act and you're like, okay, I, now that I know what you're about, I am not going to spend any more time fucking with you. And if like, you know, I'm on a, another bill with you in the future, you know, I will be very aware of what this is going to be. And that's really all you can do. You can't really control how or why people act the way that they do, but you can at least absorb that knowledge and just use it to your power in the future. Yeah, pretty much. Like if I'm on the same or if I'm on another show with people who are just going to show up and leave, I'm not going to go watch the show because I want to interact with the people before and after. And I want to get to know them and just be like, oh, yeah, that's that, that's, that was really, you know, really good. Like, and we just sit in the back of the venue and bullshit for a little bit and stuff like that. But if you're going to come and leave, I'm just not going to like say hi to you at all because I sure. just know that you're just going to take off and you don't care. Sure. I always try to, you know, introduce myself to new people when I'm playing shows. I mean, it's a big part of the reason why I like to play shows. It's, it's like one thing. Sure. Maybe you're performing for new people. Maybe you'll make some fans. That's obviously important. But I think what's even more important is like building friendships in the community and just like, you know, building up a big network so we can really grow this thing. So it's always about, Hey, uh, I haven't met you before. I'm Brian or I'm Sykes or I'm whoever nice to meet you. And if like you're a turd, then fuck you. Like I, 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 my, 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 my patience for people is so fucking low. And like, I have enough fucking friends where it's like, if you're going to be a D bag, cool. Bye. Bye. Good, good fucking luck, buddy. That's really all I could say. Just have fun. But, uh, you know, the other thing too, is it's just like, you know, sometimes you got to remember though, like, I don't know. People are awkward. Like I'm a pretty awkward person. I think I was really socially awkward for a really long time. I mean, the whole reason I even started this podcast was so I could get better at talking to people, to be completely honest. And uh, sometimes whenever you're approaching people, like they're not being a dick. They just don't know how to talk to people. So it's like, okay, maybe I got to give you another chance or see what's up or, or like figure it out because not everybody wants to be an asshole but there are definitely some people that are just assholes it's hard yeah i uh i'm i've like really bad anxiety hence the medication and such it's for my depression anxiety but like i'll go to a show and you just give me like two three drinks and i'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to (laughs) for the rest of the night like just like yep because it's like i had a i had stage fright growing up so i'm just like I got into like school plays and stuff and like uh, 
before middle school and I was just like, I'm a piece of corn. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't even <laughs> say that. Or <laughs> yeah. Or was that I was a weed in and in a, like a preschool or whatever's before middle school, whatever the fuck you call that. I was just like, I'm a weed and I'm cool. And there's a bunch of us. And we were like a gang. It was really fucking stupid. Uh, and I'm a piece of corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I couldn't even do like, we're the weeds and we're cool line. And it was a group thing. So I wasn't even singled out and I still refused to do it. Like I had that bad a stage fright. And up until that Rex theater show, like I still had stage fright then. And I was just like, ah, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, but I like, now I'm like way more comfortable. I'm just not allowed to drink before I perform anymore. Cause I've screwed up like twice. <laughs> I think that that's a really, really good rule. Um, honestly is the no, no drinking on show nights, at least until, uh, after, after. you perform. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that I have definitely, uh, you know, that's a rule that I've broken plenty of times it's a rule for a reason i suppose and hey messed up twice and twice was all i needed yeah i mean that could be fucking rough because like you know it's not like you have a band or something to hide behind it's just like it's just you so like if you fuck up the other thing too is like you know people may not notice it as much as you do unless it's like a real bad fuck up but it's still like if you feel bad about it then you feel bad about it I, I messed up twice, but I only like fucked up really bad one time where like half my songs I couldn't remember the lyrics to. And I'm like, oh, no, like I completely blanked on like half my set. And I was like, oh, that could be hard. Bad. I've 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 done that before where, you know, oh, I'm going to do a song that I haven't done in a while or somebody at, at a show is like, yo, do that song. And like, you know, I'm, a, I'm here to entertain. So let's do the song. So, you know, yeah, I, you I, start uh, it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I don't know these words. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing a song in a while that I've listened to is my entire discography. Because once I'm done recording an album or an EP, I would not listen to it ever again until I have to play the song and I go, oh, there's three days before the show. I guess let me pull up my set. Mm-hmm. Do you are you somebody that finds it like infuriating if you're like around a group of people and they put on your music? No, I fucking hate it, dude. I do not know what it is. I don't know. Like, I have no good reason to be embarrassed. Like, I am a 35 year old man. I should not be embarrassed by anything anymore. But, like, there have been multiple times where, like, you know, at a party, somebody will put on my stuff and I'm just like, oh, it's so cringy to me. And I don't know why. I think it's just like, I think the idea of like me being in like a, a really common social situation. And being like, listen to my music. This is me. Like, I hate the idea of being that person. And I don't want anybody to think I am. So whenever I don't feel bad, as long as I'm not the one bringing it up. Sure. If somebody else does it. I'll be like, yeah, sure. I'll entertain. I'll like sing to my own song. Like if I'm at a party and they put it on the TV and they're like, yeah, this is Demo Demon, the guy in there. And I hear it. I'll go in there and I'll start being an entertainer. Wow. I'll go along wow. with it and I'll like perform with the song good for you i could not fucking do that <laughs> but yeah I, I i ain't telling anybody to put on my music at a party uh-huh do you ever get um if you're talking to people and it comes up that you do rap shit do you get the like give me 16 spit some bars dude you ever get that sort of shit at parties 
Um, sometimes I just give them some I've already written. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it, it, it's it's been really really hard for me to even entertain that sort of stuff because it's like I'm always like on the spot, and if I'm at a house party, I'm probably fucked up. Like I'm never like ready to go. And maybe I should be, you know, if if I'm going to be a, a rapper, right? Maybe I should be fucking ready to go all the time. Maybe that's part of the reason why things haven't quite worked out. But if things, I'm things- drunk, <laughs> the best they're going to get from me is they'll be like, spit a 16. I'll like spit like the last like six bars of like one verse and then I'll grab from like another. I'll mishmash some of my like there you go. verses, like my favorite parts. So it always sounds like it's some hodgepodge of like my greatest hits without them knowing. <laughs> so I just sound like the super dopest. I should try that, man. I <laughs> fucking I don't know. I feel like it's like there's no beat, so they won't know. Yeah, it's honestly it's been probably quite a while since I've been around anybody that has done that. I feel like these days I keep my friend circle pretty small. And if I am at like a house party or chilling with people, it's like, you know, the same motherfuckers I've been hanging out with forever. So it's like none of them motherfuckers want to hear me rap ever again. Probably they're probably fucking (laughs) sick of it at this point. So, uh, I don't know. I'm curious now. I need to know how I would react. Should that happen again? But I don't know if I'm ever going to be around strangers again until this fucking COVID shit's over. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I miss shows so goddamn much. Like, I I was doing shows, like, every single week, and then it hit, and I'm like, oh, it's only going to be, like, what, two months? One year later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What? It really, really sucks. I had to cancel my wedding, which was like, I no. my wife, we're supposed to be wear- married right now, but we're not. I still call her my wife. Um, my wedding was a brutal business show. So it was like I had a flyer and we had like uh, 12 acts listed. And that was going to be my thing. It was going to be like four acts, wedding, four more acts and like. And it is going to it was going to be awesome. But now I, we have to push that back till God knows when. Yeah. That sucks, man. I'm sorry that happened. It's a uh, hey, we'll we'll figure it out. I just gotta like re-edit the flyer whenever stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, so we get new acts and boot old acts that can't do it anymore. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, in in regards to the the future, you mentioned that this has been a very very busy year for you. So you're staying productive, you know, whenever the gates are lifted and we're all allowed to fucking take the stage again. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to take the stage. I'm actually really concerned about this because there have been places that have closed. And I think, you know, with the limited capacities and all of these things that are probably going to still be in place, I think it's going to be really hard to get fucking shows because it's going to be so many people that want to play. Yeah, I feel like everyone's going to want to go to shows, too. Like, it's it's like a it's well, there may be a limit once everything is lifted and the limits are still in place. I feel like the limits are going to be filled to their capacities all the time for like a good solid year, at least, because people are like, I'm sick of being inside. I want to go do some. There's a local band. Fuck it. Let's go see him. Let's go see him. Sure. We can't be home anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but also it's going to be very, very, it's going to be interesting at first because, uh, you know, regardless of how 
legally safe and how technically safe anything is, I don't know how many people are going to feel mentally safe to leave the house. You know, are you somebody that is like, you know, kind of fucked up about a lot of this stuff? Or are you like ready to go? Like whenever the opportunity comes, I- I'm I'm ready to go. Um, I feel like I I trust the public word enough to where I feel like I know if someone's being stupid about the virus thing or somebody's being not stupid. If I feel like it's a not stupid person telling me we're good to go, I'll trust it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just not going to be like, yeah, let's go. Let's all go crowd 500 people in a room while all this going on. But no, no, dude, I'm good. I'm staying home. (laughs) Sure. Sure. It was like, if you know, a few governors and scientists are like, yeah, yeah, everyone's good to go now. You go, you can go out and not wear a mask anymore. Okay, okay, fuck it. I'm ready. I'll still wear a mask for like a few months, maybe, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'll fade out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm ready to just roll with whatever happens. I'm just, uh, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Like, I feel like I had a really productive year and, uh, you know, I did a bunch of stuff, recorded a couple albums, did some music videos, did all this fucking shit. And now, you know, I'm kind of like hoping like, okay, well, by now I'm going to be able to play shows, but it's still not happening. And like all this stuff is done and we released it. And now I'm like, fuck, I guess I just got to keep working. But I'm like, you know, I'm only like one fucking person. It's like so much to do. But hey, you know, just got to keep keep grinding, I guess. That's pretty much it. You know, like, do you have any uh, cool projects on the horizon or anything you would care to announce or tease? I'm still working on it. It's uh, I think it's like 24, 26 tracks long or something like that. It's uh. It's Snowbound Chapter 4, but it's being split into four separate EPs. And I'm working on the on all of, uh, all four EPs at the same time, trying to figure out which song categorizes which part and where it should fit and blah, 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 and writing the story and everything. So I know, but I know part one is Cold Company, and that's what I'm working on right now. Snowbound, Cold Company, part one, or whatever the fuck I'm going to title it. Cool. And then you know in terms of your work with brutal business i imagine there's probably some cool stuff on the horizon there yeah i don't know entirely what i am and am not allowed to talk about (laughs) fair enough fair (laughs) enough so i'm just like yeah we gotta we do have a bunch of stuff we have uh, we have artists that like two or three artists that we haven't even announced yet and i'm just like yeah we're just been talking to so many people with the past few months that we've announced a few people we still have a few people to announce and i'm just like but i can't say anything about it the website's updated to where like we're ready to announce them but i gotta be told when to hit the publish button and then i have to go on there and do that and i have to make a draft for like every person that's announced so i have like the members of brutal business page and i have like three drafts of that and i just swap them in and out for each time we have somebody announced or i'm like okay swap this one this one hit publish boom they're on there yeah and where can people find the the brutal business page what's the website teambrutalbusiness.com cool and then last but not least before we wrap up our conversation here (laughs) i just want to know you know is there anything 
that you haven't done as Demo Demon that you would like to do in the future? Mm. Well, I have, uh, in, in terms of like outside of music, I guess, I'm slowly working on a book and I'm trying to make an indie film. Okay. Cool. Like a like a like a fiction book? Yeah. Cool. Would it be any like stories tied to any of your music or is it gonna yes. be Okay, cool. It's uh it's it's all over the place. The, like every project music wise that I have, like the Infect series, the uh collapsing series and the space saga which i call colony all like slightly merged together in in weird different ways and this is going to be the book where it's uh, collapsing and you got demo and you got sevil which is on my arm right here or on my hand um so you got sevil demo there's the order and there's like the 16 chapters of the two cities and blah 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 and it's Oh, it's a whole whole heckin' lot, whole heckin' lot is, going on in your brain lot. there, <laughs> whole heckin' lot going in, going in on your brain there, my friend. I'm oh, sure yeah. that we could probably dive into the the themes and all of the subject matter of your material at some point in time, and maybe we should. I need to dig into this some more. I have your Bandcamp page up here now. I'm gonna dig Black into- out chapter three. We'll catch you up on the entirety of the story in the first few tracks. There's story segments in between each. Song. Wow! Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, I'm definitely gonna check that out. And hey, maybe in the future we can sit down again and we can just have like a a long nerdy chat, kind of breaking down all of the the story elements story, of your yeah. stuff. That'd be cool. I could talk about it for hours. So you got me on that one. <laughs> cool, cool. Well. Demo Demon, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to do an outro and we're going to wrap it up. Cool? Uh huh. That's the wrong button. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening one more time. Demo Demon, thank you for being here. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And my friend, that is a podcast. We're done. Peace the fuck out. (laughs) And that's it, man.